Um, let me just kind of get a feel for where folks are at. How many of you guys at your school ran club this fall? You ran some clubs, okay? How many of you are starting a club from scratch? Like right now, it's totally a new thing, okay? You guys, great. How many of you guys um, are not able to, weren't able to run club well this fall? Like it didn't go well, we didn't have a lot of kids, it wasn't that good, okay, some of you guys, okay. And then, um, so, uh, so where you guys are at, if I'm kind of getting a picture is, maybe club is not where you'd like it to be, it's, it feels a little smaller and you feel like you need to kind of rebuild the whole thing. Is that probably where most of you guys are at? Okay. Um, all right, great. Let me pray, and I'm going to try to make this as applicable as I can. So, Father, thanks for um, the work that you give us to do. Thank you, Lord, that you are um, sovereign over all of this and over all our schools. And, um, Lord, that you um, invite us to be a part of some great stuff that you're doing. Help us, Lord, to be people who um, embrace all that you have for us. Pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So I've been a part of starting from scratch three clubs, three different schools. I've been um, helped leaders start um, over 20 schools from scratch. We've also done, um, I've been a part of rebuilding several clubs and been a, worked with leaders as they've tried to rebuild many clubs over the last 25 years. And there is one thing that has remained consistent throughout the whole time. And it is the truth that ministry, fruit, is the overflow of your life. It is not anything else. So although I would want to stand up here and give you 15 of the best things that you can do or 15 practical ideas on how to build your club, um, in the end, that's not going to matter relative to who you are in Christ and what God is doing in you and through you. And I get frustrated. I mean, the, this is what the world teaches, and it's not right. In Young Life, we get caught up in it, and it's wrong. I literally saw a Young Life advertisement, a, a thing, on, a, on a, a tool of Young Life, a paraphernalia thing, that literally said... Follow these eight things and grow your club 30%. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That, because that is not this. That's not the life we see, in, uh, the lives that we see of people. Okay, God works. It's that quote from Ian Bounds on, on the very top there. God does not anoint plans. He does not anoint strategies. He does not anoint the machine. He does not anoint the tool. He anoints people. And that's you. And you can't point to anything else at your high school but you. Okay? And so I do I, I have practical things for you. I have I've, I've got ideas and some strategy type stuff I'll throw out and help with that kind of stuff. But I'm not gonna just glaze over, okay, the fact that it's Christ in you. Okay? So I want to talk about prayer. Because I believe that if you want your school to, to rebuild the ministry at your school, or if you want to start a new school, you better start praying. And, I'm, and when I look back on the schools that I've been a part of, those things, it was saturated in prayer. And I just what I did is I kind of broke it down into six different ways I remember praying or have prayed in those times that I think will be helpful to help kind of get some practicals out of it when you're praying, okay? But you have to remember as I'm getting into this, okay? And I, and I don't mean this, uh, I, I do mean this to convict you if that's where the Lord leads. So uh, what, I'm, what I'm saying is this, your prayer life right now, this past fall, is reflective of how much you care and are passionate for your school. And Obviously, the antithesis of that is true, right? Which, if you don't pray a lot for your school, you don't care a lot for your school. It's just who we are. It's just natural, right? When my 10-year-old daughter wanted an easy-bake oven for Christmas, right, a month before Christmas, she sees the commercial, she asks every day, every day, 
right, for the Easy Bake Oven. Okay? Because she's desperate for it. She's passionate for it. Of course, she sees the commercial every day for it. So, you know, she's oh, I want that. Can I get an Easy Bake Oven? I know I asked you an hour ago, but I just want to remind you. Right? If you care about something and are passionate for something, you're going to pray. I mean, just think of your life. If something's falling apart in your life and you're like, like this is terrible, and like you're going to pray. Every day you wake up, Lord, help this situation. Because you care. It's just, that's just natural. You can grow that in you, though. You can create a habit of prayer. Because God is merciful and wonderful, and it's not... And he grows in you, right, through your habits. So, so here's two, two things you've got to remember. Prayer changes things. And although I would have loved to have done a seminar on prayer, that's not the topic I was assigned, okay? So, and I'm, so I'm not going to do a seminar on prayer, but I am going to talk about prayer saturated into your ministry because prayer changes things. It's in the Bible, right? I'm not going to go back to Moses and do a whole lesson and show you in scriptures where God literally looks, literally, it's like Moses, God's doing one thing. Moses says, don't do that. And God says, okay, because you asked, I won't do it. God changes, it changes things, right? Okay, so prayer changes things. And two, prayer changes you. So if you're like, oh, I just don't pray that much for my school. I haven't been, I, I need, I want to be more passionate for my school. Pray more for your school and you will become more passionate for your school. Pray more for the kids and you will become more passionate for the students. Pray more for a vision and you will gain more of a vision for your school. Okay, prayer changes things around you and prayer changes you. So saturating prayer into rebuilding your club is huge. And it starts with you, right? It starts with you. We just talked about this is about what God does in and through you. Not some great strategy, not some great tool, not some great marketing plan. Okay, that's all terrible as far as I'm concerned. Okay? It's about you and what God wants to do in and through you. And so prayer, it's, it's, it's just huge. All right, so let me give you these things because I want to be able to get both practical and, uh, and to our heart for things as well. So the first thing is watchful prayer. Okay, and I remember when I've been a part of rebuilding some clubs how important this is, that we are, that you are praying watchfully. And what I mean by that is this. I do... In my experience, in starting a new club or in rebuilding clubs, the prayer I have prayed the most of all of these things that I'm going to say, but the, the, the words I have used the most is who, Lord, who? Who is it, Lord? I have prayed that prayer tens of thousands of times. And it needs to become your prayer because... Rebuilding your club is not about you figuring out a good way to do it or some strategy that's going to work. Okay? It's about you finding out where God is working. That's it. It's completely, God wants to and will do and can do great things at your school. Here's your school over here. God wants to do great things there. You've just got to find it. So you've got to be prayer, watchfully prayerful. Praying, watching, and the question is who? You're constantly asking who, Lord? Who is it? The first club that, or first school that I started at Boone County High School, I remember sitting in the stands at a Boone County basketball game. And I had been to many basketball games, right? Because without, I'm not going to focus a ton on this, the research thing that you just filled out should help, but you've got to do a ton of contact work. Right? You've got to become a part of the school, part of the system. Know everything going on at your school. Okay? And I remember going to Boone County High School and I'm sitting in the stands watching the basketball game and I barely know any kids. Right? And I remember one time not talking to one kid. And even though I tried, but not having a conversation. I mean, hey, you know, a little bit of that, eye contact. You know, you're trying to get them to look at you so you can, hey, how's it going? You know, whatever. So trying to do that, leaving the parking lot and being 
picking my steering wheel and just screaming like, this is stupid. What am I doing? Because it was just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. I remember sitting at a basketball game, Boone County High School, and all I would do in the stands is pray. Because nobody's talking to me, right? So I'm praying. And I'm praying for kids. I'm praying, and I'm praying this prayer. Who, Lord? Who is it going to be? Because I know there's some kids here. I know it. Somebody. Right? You're going to do something through somebody in this in this school, in these stands, or on the court. And I remember red-haired sophomore kid on the basketball court kept standing out to me. And so I started focusing my prayer on him. Lord, I think it's Brent. I think, I think he's one of them. Right? Because I'm praying who, and I'm looking. And I'm watching things. I've done research, and I learned who, who, who Brent is. Right? That's why I'm asking all these questions. Right? When I'm sitting in the stands, and if I, I remember going to a Boone County game, and there was a girl named Heather that I had met through, uh, through a mom who was helping us get it started, and I'd, I just met her through her daughter. It was a friend of her daughter, whatever. So I just knew this girl, Heather. And I remember sitting behind her and next to her, because sitting next to her would have been awkward still at that time, right? Like, why are you sitting next to me? You're like, you know, 25 years old or whatever, right? And, uh, and I remember sitting behind her and, and just, you know, hey, how's it going, you know, and every now and then, and I just would ask her questions probably every five minutes. I was like, hey, who, who are those, uh, that couple over there, who, who is that? Oh, that's Jimmy and Sally, yeah. Yeah, they've been dating for like two years. Oh, yeah, I can tell. Like, do people, you know, are they like, do a lot of people like, oh, yeah, Jimmy's like, he's like the homecoming king. Everybody loves him, right? So I'm, like, constantly asking her questions, constantly doing research, because I need to hear what the Lord says when the Lord tells me who. And the more you know, the closer you can get, right? Because you're trying to figure out who. Um, I would implore you when you go to do your contact work when you lie in bed at night that you're constantly asking the Lord who because it is such a huge question because it is the difference between you thinking and doing what you want to do and between you connecting with what God wants to do and if you want to rebuild your club that is that's it you guys see it like if you you want to grow and rebuild your club then you got to be where God is, not where you think you should be. And I know in many of your situations, here's the roadblock. Yeah, I got, you know, eight kids that come to campaigners, and they're the same eight kids, and they've been to camp seven times, and, you know, but you just can't get moved, can't get in. Okay, so here, here is... Because a lot of this stuff, like I'll move back and forth between starting and rebuilding. Here's your new mindset. If you can prayerfully get here and get your team to this place. If you want to rebuild your club, you have to start acting like you're starting a new club. You got to, because if it will help you, it is so important to get the who question right. You get what I'm saying? Because part of our problem in rebuilding a club and why we keep knocking against the wall and we're not getting anywhere and things just, just keep get bad and bad is that we're not listening and we're not praying the who question because we keep wanting it to be this kid he's so nice and this even though he's been to camp five times this summer he told me he definitely wants to really follow Jesus and try to be faithful and try to bring friends right we just we have it in our mind that who is whoever comes near me but you gotta wipe it all clean and say, hey, we're starting new, Lord. Who is it? It doesn't mean they're not it, but you're just like, Lord, who? Who should I be? Who is the ones that you... And I'm not saying who, like, who are some Christian kids who are going to help me get this thing started? I remember when we started Connor High School. And I'm praying who, and I'm not saying, Lord, I'm hoping that eventually Christ in their life is the answer. But I'm saying, Lord, who are the kids who probably aren't Christians, who you are going to use to build our camp trip this summer. Because we don't have any, you know, it's a new school, nobody, you know, but we want to, to reach the kids at Connor High School. Who's it going to be? I remember sitting at, in the stands of a football game that fall, knowing that, you know, the summer coming around, we needed to have, uh, we wanted to have a camp trip. 
and praying and praying. And I'm praying who? Okay, and these two guys who were uh, juniors at the time, Jason and Seth, they just start sticking out to me. Okay, you know how, and you're looking for all kinds of things, whatever it is that the Lord's leading in. Okay, but you know, uh, you know how some students are just like they smile a lot, and they're they they seem to be like people like them because they're just nice a lot. You know, well that was Jason and Seth, like you know, and. Uh, you know, of course, Seth was like an athlete, so he kind of stuck out because of that, and he was well-liked. And so there are these two guys, they're best friends. You know, you're looking for friendships and strong bonds that are, that are real. And so I go and I ask a kid from another high school who I, where I was at and say, hey, do you know Jason and Seth? And he's like, yeah, he knew him from church. Like, I found a kid at another school who knew him. I say, hey, can you introduce me? Because I'd love to... You know, maybe we can all go get lunch or something. He's like, sure. So I go and have lunch with Jason and Seth and Eric, the kid from, from Boone, and just talk about, hey, we're just trying to get this Young Life thing off the ground. We'd love for you guys, you know, and how about we just show you the video camp? And, and that's all we really want you to do, just get some guys to go on camp trip. It'd be fun, you know? You know like, and, of course, Eric's like, camp's awesome, because he's been, so that helped. You, you really want to go. So Jason and Seth are like, sure, yeah, let's watch the video. You know, so they watch the video. They're like, yeah, okay, that looks like fun. Yeah, we'll go. We'll try to get a couple friends to go, right? So there, now, I had other situations where I was thinking who and praying, and I tried to get together with that kid, and they didn't show up for the lunch. Or they didn't, uh, uh, they went to the lunch, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that's great. And then when it came time to, like, show the video or invite a couple friends, they didn't show up. So you're pursuing the, I'm, you're not always going to get it exactly right, but the idea is you keep pursuing down that, I think this is the one, I think this is one, and you're pursuing it to see what God is doing. And if God's doing something, Jason and Seth, well suddenly they're going to say, yeah, let's go on a camp trip, it's great, and we'll get some friends. And they sign up, and they start getting some friends. Right? And now I'm praying that the Lord would, you know, change them. Okay? But they didn't want, they didn't want to be, I mean, literally, this is no lie, after Jason and Seth had decided to go to summer camp and they were going to get, uh, you know, some friends to go and that kind of thing, Jason and I had lunch. He said, Rick, I need to talk to you about something because I would try to keep connection or whatever, keep, it, keep the relationship going. Hey, I just need to tell you, um, I'm not really a very great guy. You know, he kind of looks down. He's like, I, I can't be the president of Young Life. And I was like, <laughs> like dude, listen, I don't need a... I don't need that. All I want you to do is go to camp and have fun. Oh, yeah, I can do that. Literally, that's what he said. He's like, that's great. Yeah, I can go to camp and have fun. That's no problem. Right? And I'm like, okay. Right? And, of course, the Lord had big plans for Jason and Seth, right? I mean, Seth's on Young Life staff today. I mean, these guys, God was going to do something big in these guys' lives. Right? And it was just me constantly praying, who? I didn't do anything in Seth and Jason's life. Nothing. I tried to see what God was doing and just be there. And if you want to rebuild your club, you've got to pray that way. It's got to be second nature everywhere you go. And I, t- I tell you guys this, because we've been a part of clubs of 200. I'm praying the same prayer. Who? Who, Lord? It's the same prayer, no matter how big your club is. Right? Who is it? Who are you doing something Because I want to be there. I'm not going to be where you're not, not where you're working. I'm not going to create my own thing. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I don't decide that Sally's really nice, so we should work in her life. Okay? So who? I know I've focused a lot on this part of prayer, but it is super important that we're prayerful in the right way with this. Um, visionary prayer. This is the prayer that you're praying when you're lying at, down in bed at night. And you're literally dreaming about, Lord, what could we do that would be awesome? What could we do that would be different? What could we do that would be excellent? Um, I mean, these are things where before we start a club and we're trying to dream of ways to... You know, Lord, what can we do to, to have more students be a part of something or do things? And we would do, we did a, you know, battle the bands thing and had, you know, 500 kids come to battle all the bands because, you know, and it wasn't Young Life. I mean, it was, Young Life is there and a part of it, okay? But we're trying to create things that, dreaming of things that are 
uh, where it's vision. Lord, what could you do? How could we reach more students? What can we do to, to reach the kids? And this is kind of a, this prayer is kind of back to what I was saying before. This prayer is pretty reflective of your heart for things. Because if you're not praying about it at night and you're not dreaming about it and you're not thinking and you're not lying in bed and it's kind of consuming your thoughts like, Lord, what can we do to get to some more kids or how can we fix this? Like, you're just, you're, you, 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 that reflects your heart. So you really want to start incorporating into your life, I really want to dream about this. I want to dream about what we can do to reach more students. How could we make this bigger? I remember when we started uh, Dart Wars in Northern Kentucky, and it's a thing, game that's played in was played in Ohio that's really inappropriate the way students do it in Ohio that I knew about because I came from Ohio, and I took that game and we changed the rules and made it appropriate, and now there are high schools we control it though we have the rules that we give to the main students who run it for their student bodies. The 300 kids at Raw High School played Dart Wars, you know, this past spring. And, uh, and it's great because 200 of those kids might not ever have come to a Young Life thing, right? And it's this great way that we dreamed that we were like, what can we do to get students to come to something or be around something or be a part of something that our key students are also a part of? You're just dreaming. Vision, right? Trying to have a big vision. Um, binding prayer. I'm not going to go into a huge lesson on this, but you have to see with your spiritual eyes. You have to know that evil is real. You have to know that angels and demons are real. Okay, And we know from Daniel 10 that the devil has organized his demons, his force, literally by geography. Okay, So what that means... Okay, is that there is a demon that is in charge of Cincinnati, Ohio, and there's a demon that's in charge of Columbus. And you know what? That demon has demons he's in charge of, and I guarantee there's a demon in charge of your school. And his job is to do everything he can to thwart God's purposes at your school with the students at your school. And in anyone who would try to promote God's purposes, he's going to work against I love the verse in, Matthew, in Mark 3 where Jesus is talking about this, about the devil and his strategies. And he literally says, hey, if you want to take what the devil has, you've got to tie him up, you bind him up, and you go in and take it. Literally, you have to tie up the strong man, you go in and get it. I mean, the imagery is perfect. There is a devil, a demon that is in charge of your school, and you better start praying against him. You better start binding him up, tie him up, and you've got to go back in there, and you've got to get what is, was God's in the first place. You've got to go get it. But you better start praying and realizing that this is real. Because our battle is not against flesh and blood. Right? Our battle is against rulers and principalities in the world that we cannot see, but we know is real. And you've got to pray this way. Okay? You have to pray this way. You have to bind okay? that demon. You have, to, you have to be strong in your prayer and bold in your actions to go and take back what was God's. Because right now, he's got it. And I'm sure if most of you look at your high school, you can see, yeah, this is a mess. <clears throat> Binding prayer. You are the authority. Right? And this is where people... You know, we, you know, squeamish, who's really, you know, and we, we go to our school not with this powerful prayer and binding the demon. I'm going to take back what's God's. We're like, I don't even really know if I should be here. And, right? I mean, it's who in your school, okay, so here, here's, this will be helpful, hopefully. Who in your school walks around like they have the most authority at your school? It's your principal. Right? This is my school. I mean, if you know principals, they even talk like this. But my school. These are my teachers. These are my kids. Right? You know, they own it. Right? Well, why do you own this school? Why? Well, the, the school board gave me the job. And it's mine. So I'm here under the authority of the school board. And then here's you. I'm here under the authority of God. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, yeah, God trumps your old board. Like, big time. 
right? So why don't we walk around like, this is my school? I mean, we walk into the school and we're like, should I be here? I've never been in the hallways before. I've been in a basketball game, right? I mean, you own that school. God himself, the authority over all, has said, go there. I'm giving you the authority here. Bind up what is evil. Take back what is mine. And you should step into this ministry and step into that school and step into kids' lives with that authority. You know, this is the... uh, Again, this is, this is practically speaking towards our passion and our, our willingness to do what God has asked us to do. Okay? So I want you to imagine, like you are, uh, you know, Monday night this week, you're lying in bed, you know, and you're starting to doze off to sleep, and uh, you, suddenly you realize there's like light in the room, and you like look up, and Jesus is there in your room. And you're like, Hey, Jesus. You know, because you're terrified. And he's like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, well, good, I guess. What are you doing here? You know, like, right? So Jesus himself is there and he says, listen, I want you to do something tomorrow. Here's what you're going to do. And you'd be like, wait, let me get a pen and paper. Right? Okay, hold on. All right, now what, what, should I, what am I doing tomorrow? Okay, do this. Go here. Okay, red sweater at this restaurant. Okay, and I'm supposed to say what? Exactly what? Okay, exactly that. Okay, got it, right? And you're like, this is great, okay? Jesus is like, all right, I'm with you, all right? Go, I'll be there with you when you do that, okay? I'll see you tomorrow. And you're like, okay, night, Jesus, right? And he leaves, right? And you're like lying in bed that night, and you're not sleeping, right? You're just like, okay, is it morning at night? Yeah, I can't sleep. I just... Okay, right? You, you know, you just can't wait till the morning, right? And you get up first thing, and, and what do you do? You're like, should I shower or, or even brush my teeth or do anything? I, you know, I, should I just, I just I should go, go right away? I should get there. I mean, that's how you'd be, right? And you'd be like, okay, the restaurant. And, and when you, if Jesus said, hey, there's a woman in a red sweater, I want you to go to, at this restaurant, would you walk into the restaurant and be like, I wonder if the woman in the red sweater will be here, right? You'd be like, boom, where is she? I know she's here, right? Like you'd just be looking for her. We don't treat our ministry like God has told us to go to our school. But He has. He literally has spoken to you, okay? There's one thing I can be certain of, okay? Is that if you are a placed Young Life leader right now, today, in this room, that today God Himself is saying to you, go to that school. And tell those kids about Jesus. Do everything you can tomorrow and the next day and the day after. Everything you can to help those kids to hear. Go do it. I'm verbally telling you to go. And our hearts and attitudes, should the response should be the same. Like, God told me to do this. Jesus himself. Like, I got to go. And it's going to be awesome. And I've got the authority of Christ with me. And this is my school now. This is big for you. You want to rebuild your club? And I know I'm not giving you a lot of practical yet, but I will. Okay, but if you want to see your club rebuilt, this has got to be part of you and who you become. You'll have to believe these things. That that God himself under his authority is telling you to go there and he's with you and he literally told you to go. And you got to walk into that school like, and when the principal says, what are you doing here? You say, what are you doing here? (laughs) Right? Wrestling prayer. The, number, the amount of time that I have spent wrestling with God in prayer for students when I'm rebuilding a club. And I just won't let go. Lord, please. May I remember starting, you know, trying to rebuild the club at Indian Hill High School. Okay, so we had not much going on, kind of maybe a situation like your guys's. Okay, and that fall, okay, I'm like praying, I'm like, Lord, who? And I'm thinking this guy, Brad Dewey was his name. I'm thinking Brad, maybe, I think he might be the one. Okay, and I start meeting him and have lunch, you know, just like connecting with him through soccer or whatever. And so I start praying. I decide in that fall, 
Lord, I'm going to pray every night. And every night, I wrestled with God in prayer for Brad Dewey, that he would go to summer camp, become a Christian, and that we would have discipleship at his house in the fall of his junior year, which was across the street from the school in the morning before school. Because that would be a great, you know, he lived across the street, so I was like, got a great house for it, Lord. And so every night, not when I thought of it, every night I prayed for Brad Dewey, summer camp, come to know the Lord, discipleship at his house. And I didn't just pray every night like uh, part of my prayer list. I prayed every night pleading and pressing and praying as hard as my heart could, could muster to the Lord for this for Brad. Every night. I mean, it literally is the parable of the persistent widow. I promised God was up in heaven and six months into it, he's like, Rick, okay. Uh, fine, just stop begging me every night for this. And sure enough, goes to summer camp. Sure enough, comes to know the Lord. We have discipleship at his house in the, in the fall, right? Today he's an elder at Faithy Free Church in Milford. I mean, the Lord, uh, it's in the Bible. For whatever reason, God responds to the persistent, to the pleading, to the, to, the, to the prayer of the one who cares. Like we're back to that again, right? And it's like if you care a lot, it's like my daughter asking for the Easy Bake Oven. Do you think I was going to get her something else for Christmas? Hey, Sam, here's your cry-a-lot doll, you know? I know you didn't ask for it and wanted an Easy Bake Oven, but this was sitting there. I thought it would be better... And I'm not even a good father. What do you think I'm going to get her for Christmas? I'm going to get her an easy-baked oven because she's been asking me every day for the stupid thing. That's a story in the Bible. There was, and it's not that God's like, I really don't think God's like, okay, fine. The idea is this. God's saying, I see your heart. I see how much you care. I see how much you long and are pleading with me and wrestling with me so that these things will happen. Corporate prayer. Prayer changes things around you. I said this. Prayer changes you. And you know what will happen if you pray with kids? God will change them. So you make corporate prayer a part of rebuilding your club. If you have kids who are sincere in the faith, okay, you should be praying with them all the time. A few things, and I'm not going to get into the strategy of community and how important it is that you build your community, you know, so that they are the, the, the people who are reaching the kids. But, but obviously this promotes campaigner ownership, just, uh, kid ownership, okay? I make no qualms about in this, the world of young life. I am a huge proponent of campaigner-driven style ministry, huge, okay? I believe it is God's way, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I should say, I believe that it is in the Bible, very clearly. So I think it is the way, the, the priesthood of every believer. I think these students are the ones, they are the missionaries implanted in their community, in their school, and they're the ones. And if you get them praying, okay, then it will be super important because they will be changed. And... And this is important, too. I mean, you don't want to be praying. This isn't prayer like, hey, let's just sit around and pray for Susie's grandma. Okay? The number of times that I've prayed with students at the school late at night is countless. I mean, there was some years where we're trying to rebuild a club where I'd take the six campaigner kids that we had, and we would have campaigners for half an hour, and then we'd all drive over to the school, and we would sit in front of the school, or we would sit in the stands at the, uh, in the empty football field or whatever. We'd walk around the track, and we would pray for the school. Pray for the students at the school. Another uh, thing that we've done with students that I encourage leaders to do that, leaders have gotten a lot of, is I ask students to make a top ten list, top ten prayer list. And I say, I want you to write down ten names on a note card of students who, you know, they... 
they don't know Christ, or maybe they say they're Christian, but they don't really live it, or you're not really sure where they're coming from at all with the, the God thing, but you want to pray for them. And God's putting them on your heart to pray for them. Ten names. And I make them stick it in their Bible, and then I hold them to their, to their feet to the fire to pray for those kids. And sometimes we'll pray together for those kids. Right? Do you know what will happen? Because prayer does what? Changes things. Do you know what starts happening with your kids? They start changing. You don't even have to tell them. You don't even have to say, hey, you should invite Jimmy to camp. Hey, you should bring Jimmy to club. I, you won't even have to tell them. You know why? Because if they're really praying for Jimmy, they're going to think, I should bring him to club. I should bring him to It would help. Like They make the connection pretty fast. So instead of telling your students who to bring to club and camp, get them to pray for their students, that they, they, they're, they're friends. And, and then they will be changed. They'll start to actually care for their friends and knowing Jesus. That's kind of the idea, right? Do you see how important prayer is in that? Obviously, um, so look, look, last thing, prayer for wisdom. So you're going to constantly be praying, Lord, what's a good idea? What's strategic? What's helpful? What can we do that's good? What can we do that, to make this better? You've got to be praying that way all the time. And you're open to anything. Okay, I mean, I remember, I mean, there were years where we were like, maybe we should, I mean, I had a leader, okay, this is when we're trying to get ministry off the ground in our schools, a really great leader who's on Young Life staff, right? But when he was a leader, he said, listen, I, I don't think club's working. I don't think it's going to work. And I didn't say like, dude, it's Young Life, we do club, right? Or, I mean, we always would say, look, there's no sacred cows. And what that means is, just because we've always done something doesn't mean we're going to keep doing it. And we literally would say, we don't care what it is. You show me how to get the gospel to more kids, and I'll do it. I mean, relationally get it to them. And I'm not talking about, you know, filling some stadium full of kids who you don't know with a, a bike show and then telling them about Jesus at the end kind of stupid things, right? Okay, I'm talking about real relational ministry. You show me how to get kids together so that they actually begin to hear Jesus from people who know Jesus, who know them, and I'll do it. And we had that talk. And so he's like, yeah, I'm going to try this. And he started trying some of these other things, right? And in the end, he came back to a club model because in the end, it got the most kids in the room who knew the kids who were, you know, and he could get the gospel and they'd come back every week and the relational piece was part of it. But uh, the point is, you're always asking, how can we do it better? What can we do differently? How can we change this? I mean, we've changed, I mean, when I was in high school or when I was a leader in college, club looks radically different than it looks now, okay? And it might not to you guys, but I mean, we just, it was... You know, 100 kids, one guitar, no music playing. I mean, you can even imagine trying to do club without audio music. I mean, playing it before kids come in or when they come in or during a skit or, like, we didn't have any of that, right? It was just like, hey, come on in, you know, and that's it, you know, you know nothing else going on. And then we jump right into Bob Moran, you know, singing, <laughs> no lie, right? This is, this is where I'm a leader, right? And so... Club is way different now, okay? More skits, less songs, whatever. I don't really care, okay? I want it to be as great as possible so kids have as much fun as possible so they will be ready to hear the message as best as possible because that's, that's why we do club. No club I've ever been a part of doesn't have proclamation. Don't call it club if it doesn't have that. You can still get together with kids, and that's super important, especially in some of this rebuilding stages. Like, you've got to get with kids. You've got to start getting things together. Okay? But when you get to club, as far as I'm concerned, what defines the club is the proclamation piece. Okay? So, you've got to be smart. A couple things. Um, on your way out, you can get this uh, little thing on the... I'm not done yet, even close. Sorry, I even said that the word out. Uh, oh, yeah, I got tons of times. Uh, there's a thing that you'll get. Okay? It's just like club helps. Okay? But one of the pages in there is about small clubs. And what to kind of do about that. It, 
that's just the strategy that we have used over years. I am not a proponent of continuing to run a small club. Okay, and I'll tell you why. From a, and again, this is, I'm going to start getting all these things at the bottom. One of the reasons is I believe club is the last piece of the puzzle. When you're building something, whether you're starting it from new or whether you're rebuilding something, club is the last piece. Club is the fruit or the result of a, of a, of a campaigner group, okay, of a community of believers where there's overflow going on with them. Okay? I mean, it's literally, you know, the first Young Life Club was in John 4, okay, if you didn't know this, okay? Jesus, the woman at the well, is like radically altered by Jesus, right? She's like, this is amazing. This guy is crazy, right? She drops her water jar. She's like, I don't even think about anything, but this is great, right? And what does she do? She's like, hold on, Jesus, right? And she runs back to her friends, people she knows, her network, and says, come on, you've got to hear this guy, right? And the people are like, okay, and they're following her because she's a friend, someone they know. And Jesus is sitting there with the disciples. He's like, you guys don't even know what's going on. Here comes the first Young Life Club, right? <laughs> and here comes the campaigner kid, the woman at the well, with all her friends coming to club. That's what, that's what we're doing, right? And you're empowering these students and saying, hey, go to your friends. Come and see. But what was so important to go on with the woman that made it work? She, she literally was excited and, and Jesus in her, right? So you, that's so important that you have these students, right? And that they were like, this is awesome. Okay, I remember after Jason and Seth at Connor High School, right? They came to, you know, when they came to know the Lord... That fall, just the two of them going to Connor High School and praying together with them. And I knew once they prayed, like just listening to their hearts. Lord, you know, they're just like so thankful, Jesus in their life. This is awesome. We gotta help everyone here know. You know, and I'm not I'm just like, dude, this is just God. Right? They're literally the woman at the well, and they're like, we're going to try to get all our friends to hear about this. We're going to try to get all our friends to come to this thing. I mean, do you know, because of what God did in those two, there have been thousands of kids at Connor High School in the past 15 years that have heard about Jesus because of God in those two. Right? I mean, they were just, God worked, did something great. Not because of anything I did. I mean, I literally, who, Lord? Okay, and I'm watching, and I'm and watching God do this stuff in their life, and this is awesome. And then they're here, and they're all of a sudden they're praying at the school, and there's nothing going on. And I'm like, "This is awesome, Lord. I love being a part of what you're doing." Right? So you're always looking for ways to make it good and make it work. Discipleship. Uh, so let me give you a couple of more things that I think are smart. Um, when I all the prayer time and all the time I've done this, one is food. Always have food. I don't know what else to say. It's in the Bible. It's in Acts two. They broke bread together. It was continuous. Might be a stretch. I have no idea, but I do know this: when I have food, kids get excited, and I don't know what it is. I mean, literally, I have kept the Swedish Fish Company in business. Okay, <laughs> I bought more Swedish Fish than all of you probably combined in the last twenty years. Um, because it's predominantly one of the more favorite candies that the kids like. And I mean, we have hangouts at my house, students come over, and I literally want them to be like, I can't wait to go to Rick's because of the candy. And they do. I mean, and I mean, I work, I mean, it's just like, I mean, if you haven't figured this out yet, so maybe many of you are like, oh, I know, I always eat with kids. But if you have not figured it out yet, it works with girls, it works with guys, it's like across the board. If you have food and it's free for them, they will be excited, right? I mean, taking guys to BW3s always works, right? If you're going to pay for them, like it's always going to work, okay? Uh, working, the, having the candy stuff, there was a girl at Ra High School, right? And I would try to find out what candies the kids would like each individually, Right, a girl like lemon drops, which is like a weird candy, but I was like, okay, and I started buying these lemon drops, okay, and then one time we came and somebody ate them all before she got there. She was all upset, so we started, we found a hiding place in my house for them, right? So she'd come, she'd be like, you know, taking her lemon drops out because she knew where they were, right? 
It's just, it's helpful. And I make it a part of everything you do. I've thought about how to make food a part of club or campaigners. I mean, it's a cost thing in the end that becomes an obstacle. But man, it, you got to use it as best you can. Right? So food. Students' plans, not leaders. Right? Here is a huge mistake that leaders make all the time. Okay? And, and it's sometimes, you know, it's, you, you got to, it's amazing that people can't figure it out. So here you go, and you're like with your leader team. You guys are talking, you're like, yeah, let's, uh, we got to do something with kids. You know, we're trying to get things off the ground. You know, we're not running a club. Let's, uh, why don't we go to a movie on, on Friday night together? That, that, yeah, okay, yeah, let's, let's all go to a movie. We're going to see whatever, you know, you decide what movies. So then leaders go, and you've got like six campaigner students, you know, and you're like, hey, guys, you know, why don't you guys, we're going to go to this movie on Friday night. You go to there and, and it'll be awesome. Tell your friends, you know. And it's like early in the week, so you're like you're like texting or tweeting them, and all week like going to see, you know, whatever movie this week, right? Go see you on Friday. It should be awesome, right? And you're doing all the things like that, okay? And then you show up at the movie, and it's your leader team and one kid who shows up. You know why that happened? Because it's your plans. That wasn't their plans. Okay? Don't ever do that again. Okay, I don't, when I, I'm part of clubs of 200 kids, and I don't do this with that many. When the, it's a big club, I don't go ever and tell kids what the plan is. Ever, I sit with the main students, and I say, "What do we want to do? What would be great?" And and here's what could have been that situation could have been so much different and easier if you just said, "Hey, what do you guys think? You guys, what about a movie on Friday night?" Kid here says, yeah, that'd be awesome. I've really wanted to see such and such movie. And the guy's like, yeah, I heard that movie's awesome. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll go see that movie on Friday night. Would that, be, would that be a good night? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Those six kids will show up, plus they'll bring friends. Just because they planned it. It's the exact same thing. Do you guys, it's super important that you understand. I mean, this is why... I mean, I have, we have campaigners, but then I, in our schools, especially when they get bigger, we have these discipleship groups, okay? We're doing that to help them to have ownership of everything that's going on. And I've had a discipleship group, okay, which is usually older kids because they have more pool and power and are more the leaders of things going on. I've had discipleship groups of 30, 35. I've had discipleship groups of four. So it's me, three leaders, and four kids. And we're like, what are we, what should we do? And we, we come up with a plan together something we're going to do. Hey, let's go to your house, Rick, every Monday night and let's let's play Foursquare. It'll be awesome. And, I, you know, there's times where I'm like, really, Foursquare? Right? But I'm listening. And if they want to play Foursquare, then great, we'll do a Foursquare tournament. And lo and behold, because the kids, it was their idea and they lead it, guess what happens? It was great. They love playing Foursquare. I'm like, this is really weird, right? But... Whatever. If kids like to do it, we're going to do it. Okay? Because they own it. They planned it. So, you have to start incorporating that idea into your rebuilding of the club. We use retreat. I've always tried to use retreats, getting key students away. If I can get them away for a night, something like that. Do something to encourage them. If I have key students who are Christians in their faith and try to encourage them to... Um, bring their friends to things later. Retreats get a lot of mileage. Obviously, summer camp gets you a ton of mileage with students. Okay, So here's my encouragement for wherever you're at. You're, I, we need to rebuild our club. Things aren't very good. This is where you're at. And I just told you, hey, you got to go back and say, it's not about rebuilding anymore. Just look at it as if you're starting a new club. you got to be like, who? You know, got to start all over. Lord, where are you working? Because I don't... Just because those kids are coming to stuff doesn't mean that's who. So who, Lord? I would encourage you, if you're going to go back to square one, to go back to the idea of, let's build a great camp trip. And whatever meetings you do, whatever things you do to get together with students, do things that are going to build that camp trip. Okay? If you can get 25 or 30 students on a summer camp trip, I promise you, you can see God will do great things there and you can have so much to work with that God is doing when you get home. So if you can get there, 
it can really grow and become something exponentially growing if you have that great camp trip. So why not? I mean, it's a great thing to put time into. It's a great thing to put heart into, okay? It's a great piece of the tool of young life that is awesome, right? I mean, everybody in this room knows summer camp is, you know, it's pretty good. So let's use it. And you can use it to build a club, okay? I mean, I've seen this hundreds of times, okay? If you're, oh, we can't, you know, and we only got, you know, four kids on our summer camp trip or ten kids, and you come home and five of those kids graduate and then three are out partying and your campaigners is the four kids again, right? It's like starting over again. And you're going to be bang, you could easily bang your head against the wall for a whole other year until you can get that another camp trip built. So just focus on that. Right? One of the things in my thing is about running small clubs, right? I'm not a proponent of running over and over again a small club because I think you shoot yourself in the foot. Okay? If you do that, when new kids do show up, that's their impression of young life. You only get one shot. I mean, you guys realize, I mean, it's, this is not God, but true in the world. First impressions are a big deal. Right? You only get one first impression. And unfortunately, with high school kids in that culture, that's a big deal for them. I mean, if their first impression of something is, you know, uh, whatever the first thing they see is, that's what they'll say that is from there on out. So if they come to club and they're uncomfortable because of the number of people there, they're uncomfortable because it's weird because they're, you're trying to sing songs with 15 kids, if they're, you know, they feel like whatever is their impression, that's what they leave with. And you just, it's not smart. Right? And I believe club's the last piece of the puzzle. Wait until you've got God doing something and let the club be the fruit and the result. Okay? As opposed to trying to make club the tool to build things. I wouldn't do that. That's just my encouragement. I would not use club as the piece of the tool within Young Life to try to build your ministry. I would allow club to be the overflow, overflow part. That means you've got to do all kinds of other things with kids outside of that. Okay? That doesn't mean, oh, hey, we're not running club, so I don't hang out with kids. Oh, I mean, you're not getting it then, right? Okay? So that, that's, that's the, uh, well, what, what else would we do with kids? Well, dream about it. Get some, you know, have vision. Figure out what you can do with students. Maybe it's a four-square thing that three remain kids want to do, or kids that you think are the who. I, I went to Jason and Seth, right, when they're trying to start Connor. This is, you know, uh, in the summer, end of the summer, what can we do to start getting some students around? Okay? And they're like, hey, let's just do a bonfire. Great, I'll be there. Let's do it. I show up. There's 40 kids at the bonfire, right? Because it was their thing. They owned it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you want to do, right? Whatever it is that your students, the ones that are coming around, that you think who will do. Um, always positive, okay? You got to run with the, the where God is working, okay? If I'm trying to build a camp trip and I'm trying to rebuild a club and things are not, you know, hasn't been good at my school, and I've got a, a, a student in who I'm meeting with or is in our small campaigner group or whatever it is, and that student is not going to summer camp, okay, that is like a problem in my mind, okay, because that student becomes a, a roadblock to what you're trying to do because of, especially if they're going to talk about it. So, like, when I've had that situation, and you got campaigner kids, they're like, oh, I, yeah, I'm not going to go this year, or I've got this, I can't go. Okay, I pull that kid aside as soon as I find out, and I say, listen, totally want you to keep coming to stuff, totally want you to be with us on this. I know you can't go to summer camp because you got that, but I need you to not talk about it. I just don't want you to tell others. I don't want you to be a promoter of the fact that you're not going. Okay, because to us, this is a huge deal, and we're going to get all of our friends on this thing, and we're all going to go together, and it's going to be great. I know you're not going to be able to be there, but you don't want to do anything to be opposite of that. I mean, remember I talked about how there's a devil in charge of your school? Okay? The kid doesn't know it, but he's being a little mouthpiece for that devil. Hey, summer camp's going to be awesome. I can't go this year. All right, I mean, you all have had that kid. All right, thanks, Jimmy. Glad you came. Every momentum you just tried to get going was just like... Always positive. You're, the young life reputation. Okay? Here's what many of you are probably battling, and I'm sorry it took me this long maybe to get to it. Okay? 
But if you're trying to rebuild a club, there is a good chance that the reputation of Young Life at your school is not that good. Okay? And I don't mean reputation like kids talk about. They all know. Right? I mean, that's why starting a new club is easier than rebuilding one. Because when you're starting a new club, kids are like, yeah, what's, what's Young Life? What's Young Life? Young Life Camp? Okay. Like, all right. I never heard of that. Right? When you do it, when you're rebuilding a club, you're like, oh, Young Life. Oh, Young Life. Right? Anytime a kid says, oh, Young Life, what are they saying? They might not say anything else after that, but they're saying, oh, Young Life. I know what that is. There's a reputation thing. They know, they've heard, they've seen, or they've heard they've, someone who's seen, or whatever it is. There's a reputation out there for Young Life at your school. You know that your demon friend, right, he loves that. That's his, one of his big power things. He promotes that reputation. He does everything he can to kind of keep that thing going. So you better do what? Pray against him. You better start praying against the, that thing, and you better start trying to fix it. And you want to know how you fix your reputation in Young Life at your school? Simple. Don't ever do anything that's not awesome. I'm serious. Don't, don't do it. I mean, literally, if kids don't walk out of the room of whatever you did and say, that was awesome, then you shouldn't do it. I remember when we, we, did, uh, we started doing scavenger hunts, but there were these, uh, when I was in college, our leadership in Ohio, we would do these leader scavenger hunts, and they were like pretty fun, but pretty crazy, and we're like, let's do that with kids. And it was like, I mean, it's like, a video of driving through McDonald's in car in reverse, you know, you know, all kinds of crazy, you know, your whole team, like, walking up to a stranger and asking him to do this, like, all these videos that kids would only do if they were together, because they'd be terrified to do it by themselves. But, honestly, okay, we started throwing that out there, and it was clearly promoting our reputation, which was, if it has a Young Life name attached to it, it's awesome. It was totally cool, man. We were driving through in reverse. You know, they're talking about it the next day, and they're telling all their friends about it. It was crazy. And the lady looked at us like, what are you doing? Right? And we had parents call in and youth pastors call in, right, and administration calling me, and it was awesome, right? Because I'm like, dude, kids, this is they love this, right? Because all the parents are like, I don't know. and I don't know, you know. Dart Wars, I don't know. You know, they're all... They're all like that, right? And I know what is happening with your reputation in Young Life when that's happening. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good for your reputation in Young Life. So, back to the simple thing, way to fix that. Don't do anything that's not awesome. Okay? If, kid, if your club is not awesome, don't do it. It's that logical, right? I mean, I'm just telling you, you're not helping yourself. You want kids to walk out of whatever, and it could be, just a pizza party at the house, and the pe- and there was so much pizza and all this candy. It was so cool. And that's awesome for kids. You don't have to be like, you know, we can't do anything because it's not awesome. You know, you can, it, it can be simple with kids. And they can have an awesome time if they feel welcomed and loved, and there are so many factors that go into that, okay? But I'm just trying to help you with your reputation thing, okay? You got to know it, and you got to try to work to make it awesome. If you want to make it awesome... Don't do anything that's not awesome. That's easy, right? Um, okay. All right, I'm not going to go into all the other things that are on there. There's just other ideas or whatever. But the bottom line, I hope that you're catching, okay, is that there, uh, again, this goes back to your heart for this whole thing. Your willingness to pray, your willingness to just consume yourself with it. Okay? I've never seen leaders not show great fruit who did not, who gave themselves to it. Can you say that again? I've been doing this for 25 years. Catch this. I have never seen leaders totally give themselves to what God has asked, as if God himself showed up in their bedroom at night and told them. Never seen that happen, where there has not been consequential fruit and awesome, I mean, not fruit like, oh, we learned patience. I mean, like, kids, hundreds, right? Things happening, excitement. Never seen it not happen. Might take a year or two, might there, it's a time is always a little different, but it does happen. 
So it comes back to us. Okay, so after I pray, there's a, on your way out, there's the things that just says Club Helps. There you can grab one of those. Um, it's, just, it's just things to help the club. Honestly, it's not very helpful, but you, just, you can take one if you want. Uh, and then, uh, why are there blue and pink? Um, these are for getting in the water park. I'm just going to guess that it uh, doesn't matter what color you get. Does anybody know? Uh, it doesn't matter. Because they're in a different color. All right. So it doesn't matter what color you get. So if you're a boy, don't get all stressed out if we run out of the blues. <laughs> so I know that's what you're thinking. Summer camp. Put it on my luggage. Wait, wait. No, I mean, it goes on my wrist. So grab one of these on your way out, too. I'll put these over here. Uh, and then also, just so you guys know, for the next however long, I'm going to hang out in here. So if you got specific questions, like for your team, because I know it's not like, look, I got this, I got this, it's a little different, what would, what's good here? I'm happy, happy to stick around here for a little bit and talk to you about your specific situation if you want to talk about that.